Honey, do me. I'm Emma. And I'm Cass. We're so excited you're here. Yes, and we are equally as excited to be right here with you. Mm-hmm. We are. It's I, been a, a struggle of a, of a couple weeks, but we're here. We're okay. <laughs> we're fine. You're in your home. I'm in my home. Mm-hmm. I'm cozy. We're doing the best we can with <laughs> what uh, the good Lord has given us. The good Lord has bestowed. And I'm going to say he's testing right now. <laughs> She's testing right She's now. She's testing me, me and my strength. She gives her toughest battles to her strongest warriors, and that is Cass and I. <laughs> and Our- here we are. <laughs> um, so you were just saying, thank God or goddess, or whoever you uh, drop to your knees for, for our friendship. <laughs> I sure was. I dropped to your knees for. Well, that's a, that's a long list. If we're going to count in those days. There's actually quite a few. There's quite a few of those people. <laughs> but today, these days, I do drop to my knees and thank God for our friendship because mm-hmm. it benefits more than just you and I. Um, socially. <laughs> it, benefits it also us. benefits our sex lives. Our sex and lives. we kind of came to this realization, I would say a couple of months ago, and yeah. we just started talking about how being able to talk so candidly with one another about our sex lives has improved our sex lives, made us more open, made us more confident, all of that. Mm-hmm. And then we became friends with the angel that is Victoria Albina. Yes. And so it just made sense to bring Mm -hmm. that incredible human back on to Uh discuss the relationship between sex and friendship. Yeah, because we're not the only ones who have thought of that. And it Mm -hmm. really does – like when you think about how much you talk to your friends in a relationship or about your sex life hiccups, like Mm -hmm. how does all that play into your decision-making, into how you judge yourself, how you judge other people? You know, it's it's all a part of your like human experience – so mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's deep and it's fun. Exactly. And then we, we also – Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. We also touch on literally having sex with your friends, which Yes, is fun. We do. And uh-huh. how to find friends if you're struggling with that mm-hmm. now. Emotional outsource, all of it. Yeah. All of it. We get into so much. So here's that and we'll see you on the other side. Peace. So my name is Victoria Albina. I am a functional medicine nurse practitioner, a master certified somatic life coach, and host of the Feminist Wellness Podcast. And my passion is to help humans socialized as women in the patriarchy to overcome their codependent, perfectionist, and people-pleasing habits through somatics, which are body-based practices, thought work, and breath work, so they can reclaim their joy, pleasure, and passion. And you're one of our favorite people to talk to, so you can add that to your Likewise. <laughs> I must say, I have been listening to your podcast um, quite significantly, and it just gets me through my damn day. Um, I love it so much, and I love having your voice in my head so often. It is truly a gift. So, yeah, 
Big shout out to your podcast. Oh, I really appreciate that. Well, you all know how it is. You like sit in your little office and talk into a microphone and mm-hmm. then wonder what happens. Yeah. So it just goes out to the universe. Really nice, right? Yeah, it's all out in the ether yeah. what is happening here. So thank you. That's of lovely. Course. Well, we are yeah. so excited to have you back because last time we wrapped up off air, but we talked about friendships and sex, because that's a topic Mm. Cass and I have long considered. And when you brought it up, we're like, yes, this is the perfect person to talk about this with. So how do friendships and sex even relate? Can we start there? Mm. Well, I mean, I think there's lots of layers to Mm -hmm. it, right? Um, I mean, the first is, is even way before sex is intimacy. Right. And what I find for the folks with whom I work, again, folks who are managing being what I call an emotional outsourcer, Mm -hmm. uh, which is my new reframing and redefinition of codependency. I define that as constantly and chronically seeking our sense of validation, wellness and worth from everyone and everything outside of ourselves instead of from within. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, right, framework for living, that way of looking at the world, other people's opinion about us is way more important than our own, right? Because we're not worthy. We're not valid. We're not important. We don't matter. And so we're constantly looking to someone else to say, no, 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 you're, it's, you're worthy of the oxygen you're breathing, right? Like, you're cool. And so that in and of itself can be such a huge block to true intimacy because it's a block to vulnerability. Because if you're worried what other people are going to think about you, are you going to be telling them your most, your deepest, most intimate details of your thinking, your feeling, your emoting, your experience, your existence? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we end up in these one-sided relationships where we're taking care of others, showing up for others, which is not a bad thing when it's when there's mutuality and reciprocity, but it's this one-sided, I take care of you, I support you, I listen to you. And then when you say, but babe, how are you? Oh, I'm cool, I'm cool, everything's good. Meanwhile, your actual ass is on fire. Everything's, right, like everything's a dumpster fire. Everything's terrible, but you're like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna bother you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or we do the opposite, which is we trauma dump. Right. And someone's like, how are you? And you're like, oh, when I was six years old, my dad left. And you're like, wait, but what in the what in the what? I meant today. <laughs> yeah. I meant like it's 8 a.m. and we both just walked into work. Is your coffee any good? And you're like, oh, I have some serious attachment wounds. And you're like, what? But wow. I mean, thank you. But but right. But context appropriate. Right. What are you up to? right? Which is the Mm -hmm. constant question I'm asking. What's your intention? What are you up to? Right? So before we even, again, get into friendships and sex, friendships and intimacy, are we available to show up with and for and in true vulnerability and intimacy? Not even in our sexual relationships, because that's maybe a bridge too far, because of course our our sexual relationships, our romantic relationships, our partnerships are the closest reflection of our familial relationships. So that's where attachment wounding shows up, the hardcore. But in a friendship, are you, before you even talk about having sex, are you intimate? Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you capable of that right now? So that's even where I would start. Right. It 
Yeah. It hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all like, mm-hmm. okay, great. Bye. <laughs> See you later. Con- conversation done. Right. Yeah. Well, it hits so deep when you're talking about like one of the questions I have and something that I've literally always considered is what my friends and my, my mom and my sister think of the person I'm dating mm. and my decisions. And I don't like, I know that that sounds very codependent in terms of how I live my life but I don't know how to shake that. Like I, I have so much value in what like four people think of what I do that like, that's how my friendships and relationships outside of like a romantic one deeply right. impact the decisions I make. Cause I'm like, if I think about, let's say I'm fighting with my boyfriend and I'm ready to like move on past that. I'm like, but what will everyone think of that? Because I just shit on him for a uh. week, you know? Right. And that's right, how right. I know that those friendships and relationships like impact my, my intimacy. Right. I mean, I think there's two sides to that coin, though. Right. One of so in the conversation around healing from emotional outsourcing or codependent thinking has been this wild swing in the other direction towards the kind of rugged individualism that is at the core of so much that's problematic in the U.S., I was about to say right now, but for the past couple, <clears throat> 400 years, <laughs> and is so like key in the white wellness world of like, you don't need anyone, be a strong, independent woman, and don't, you know, you don't need anyone's opinion. And I think what we're missing here is the difference between want and need, value and need, when need is in that really graspy, like to use the Buddhist term of grasping, the like, I need your opinion, uh-huh. right? Like I need your validation. Like I cannot function unless you think this is okay. And that's where I might say, I believe you are emotionally outsourcing here. Like that's, uh-huh. take a look at that, get curious there. And then the other fork in the road is to say, we're pack animals, we do need each other. That's natural. That's normal. That's human. That's mammalian. That's great, right? And and to pretend that we are not built to be communitarian and collectivist is, in many ways, the goal of the patriarchy, white settler colonialism, and late stage capitalism because it keeps us separate, mm. right? Keeps us fighting for number one and right my needs and my you know tax relief and not thinking about the collective. Right. My brain went to taxes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's right. We're filming this right the day before the the midterms, and I'm not not nervous right. about New York State mm-hmm. governor. But anyway, I shan't digress. <laughs> I mean, I always digress. Yeah. We've met, but I shan't digress too far. Right. I'll reel it in. Is where Mom right. going here? So where was I going? I was going. I think it's fine to like conscious. Here, okay. Here's where I'm going. Intentionality consciousness, presence, thoughtfulness. If you have a committee and you very thoughtfully, carefully considered who is on your veto committee, who is on your thumbs up committee, and it's a really conscious choice of my best friend from growing up has been in this amazing relationship for a decade and they have their arguments, of course, but they have really thoughtful boundaries. Like they, she's really doing relation really well put her on your committee, right? But be intentional about it. Be thoughtful about it. Got it. I have a committee. I have a veto committee. I have I have a committee that I text all the time. I'm like, girl, if I ever do X, Y, Z again, 
Please come for me. (laughs) Right? You've got the key to my house. Let yourself in and make me stop. You know what I mean? I mean, and it's not giving my power away. It's leaning on the collective from a place of knowing that I can and will and do take care of myself. And also, and y'all, I'm just ranting and I'm going for it. (laughs) I love it. Okay, cool. Please. The other thing to remember in relation is particularly in the first year of relationships is that your ass is on drugs, right? You're high on oxytocin, endorphins, dopamine. You're not making goodly, smartly decisions, right? You're not in your, your keppy's not fully on with the smarts, right? Because <laughs> you're flooded with love hormones and you're like... I see 4,000 red flags, but like, oh my God, it's so it's a beautiful shade of red. Ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, right? They're like the back of their calves is the most gorgeous. It's like a Donna. I do love calves. I mean, they're a total jerk and they treat me like crap, but like, oh, those calves. Yeah. <laughs> right? So it is particularly important to have a very well thought out intentional committee, mm-hmm. not because you value their opinion inherently above your own. But from an understanding of where you're coming right. from, I I love right? the idea of a veto so, committee. Oh my god, it's it's so useful, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and it it does feel so much more intentional than like the way you're phrasing it than saying like, oh, I rely on these people's like sole opinions. It's like, no, you right. you need the collective support of people that right. you trust to right. collaborate, cooperate, collaborate. <laughs> <laughs> collaborate with but that yes. that because I will never be someone that doesn't talk to at least four people in my life about oh my the God. ups and downs yeah so that feels so much better than being like I can't ever not talk to them when these things come up it's like no you need to you need we need to and different people need to to different extents. you know extents mm-hmm. but I mean we are podcasters because we're people who like yeah. to talk right yeah. like <laughs> Um, yeah. And, you know, I also think there's, there's the degree to which you, like, are you going to listen to others and abandon yourself? Cause then hit that, the old pause button on that. Right. So if like your best friend is like, girl, I, he's garbage. And you're like, yeah, but I think, you know what I mean? Like, are you just going to walk away from everything you feel because someone else thinks it right? What's the balance is where I'm Mm -hmm. going is having a balance. Because the other thing we will do, particularly from our codependent perfectionist and people-pleasing thought habits, is to do stuff we don't want to do because someone else said to do it with the subconscious goal of having someone else to blame when it doesn't work out. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Oh. That's quite interesting. Isn't it fascinating? Because then we absolve ourselves of guilt. Well, I mean, like, Carolina told me to do it. So, you know, I wouldn't have broke up, broken up with him. But Kato was like, no, he's a jerk. And wow. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emotional little... outsourcing. <clears throat> it's why I came up with a new term because it really mm-hmm. is so succinct yeah. and really sums it all it, up. It's clear. It, it's exactly what it feels like when you're reaching out for someone you're outsourcing these like emotional gaps <laughs> that you have right. yeah. and you're you're reaching for that makes a right. lot of sense and I feel mm-hmm. like it hits different than saying codependency because people don't necessarily look into yeah. what that means all the time totally 
Yeah. And I remember hearing that word in my 20s and just thinking, thinking of a woman very different from exactly. myself. Like mm-hmm. married to an alcoholic and straight and soccer mom. Like there was, I had I had so many stories about what that term meant. That meant I I was I I couldn't normalize my own thought habits, and so I stayed in the blame shame guilt cycles instead of realizing like, no, this is a perfectly normal, understandable reaction to life in this specific set of right in this specific lived experience. I'm not a total freak show, right? Who's destroying everything? I'm I'm living out this emotional outsourcing way of living, and it's a pattern of living. It's not a label. It's not my identity. It's not who I am forever. I'm not perma fucked. I can pause and I can change this, mm-hmm. and that's hopefully what emotional outsourcing will do for folks is to help them see that. Absolutely. Following this same sort of train. Mm-hmm. Just the idea of talking about sex and your relation, your romantic relationship with your friends. I've yeah. heard different opinions on this. So I very openly and very obviously talk a lot about my relationship and my sex life, both privately with Emma specifically and then publicly with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. Um, yeah. But then I've heard other people say, I think it's completely inappropriate to talk about anything that intimate with anyone other than that person you're doing it with um, huh. and I saw that on TikTok in particular huh. and then like hundreds of thousands of people were saying yes completely agree it's so inappropriate um, and that is obviously so far from what I feel so I'm wondering what your thoughts are on sharing those intimate details of yourself with a friend yeah I'm curious what the rationale was. Like, why were people like, oh, my God, don't do it. Right. I think they were saying mainly that that is between you and the person you're doing it with. And you are somehow violating the person you're doing it with by sharing it. And I think they were almost making it sound as if you were starting a rumor, you know, because there are toxic ways to share about intimacy, like lying about what you did i'm thinking of like high school type rumors you know totally yeah yeah yeah, and i i felt like they were equating talking to a trusted friend about intimacy um with those same kind of terrible things right well that's that's a silly that's silly goose (laughs) you know what i mean like we're we're grown-ass adult humans with good communication skills right like if we take it from the assumption of best intention, right? And that we're not trying to start a rumor. I mean, I don't, I like, I feel like I don't even know anyone who gossips anymore. Like I left that in my 20s. Do you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) ew. But anyway, uh, not ew in a judging way. I I hear, I heard it as soon as I said it. I meant ew in a like, you know what? There was judgment. Mm -hmm. I'm going to own it. There was. Yeah, That's okay. I'm a human, you know? Sometimes it happens. <laughs> so, yeah, right. The thing is not to then judge myself for judging because mm-hmm. then, That's a right, then it becomes self-absorbed and it's a whole shitstorm. Yeah. But instead, I can just own it. Yep, there's a little judgment in there about gossiping, which I used to do all of the time because I didn't know how else to feel valid, important, and like people liked me unless I had gossip to share. So, how do you that- define gossip? Yeah, like that, right? So one thing is venting, which is saying to someone trusted, like, 
I'm having a lot of stress about this or this is really weighing on me or this feels heavy. I need to let this out. Do you have space for me to just Mm -hmm. And that's just Mm -hmm. venting, just letting it out, but like also not really believing yourself at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh my God, they're the worst. She's so terrible. This is garbage. And sometimes we just need to let that terrible out so that we can see it and be like, come on now. Mm-hmm. It's not the worst. This isn't like Pol Pot you're talking about. Like, this is like somebody who, I don't know, forgot to RSVP or, you mm-hmm. know, forgot your birthday mm-hmm. or like something banal and quotidian and like, let's move on. But it impacts your nervous system in a way that feels terrible. So you got to let it out. And then gossip, similar to complaining, is about recruitment. It's about trying to get people on your side Mm. and trying to get people to like you. It's about evoking a feeling in or an emotion in someone else for your benefit, Mm. right? Often at the expense of someone else. So it's really different to be like, did you hear that? um, Did you hear that Megan got fired? I know. I'm hoping we can all like rally and support her and like love her up. And hey, did you hear that Megan got fired? Yeah, I kind of knew at first. You know, like there's like some Michael Scott energy to that. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? That's just like, why are you sharing this information? Right? So again, it brings us back to intentionality. Mm -hmm. Right? And intentionality is so much easier when we are in presence. Mm -hmm which is the core of all the somatic work I do. Mother's Day is around the corner, and whether you're celebrating your mama, grandma, guardian, or yourself, celebrate with the mother of all self-care routines by trying out Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. This duo delivers a one-two punch in luxurious body care moisturizers with their Anduria Algae Body Oil and Anduria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature all-natural citrusy scent. I use both the body lotion and the Anduria Algae Body Oil once I get out of the shower, and I use it literally everywhere. This duo is my go-to for feeling glowy and hydrated for literal days, and the Osea Signature Scent is one of my faves because it's not overwhelming, um, but it's like a delicious and fresh smell that just lasts. Since 1996, Osea has been making seaweed-infused skincare that is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code DOOMY at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to O-S-E-A malibu.com and use code d-e-w-m-e for 10 percent off and i have digressed as usual i'm glad that you all hold space for my adhd brain (laughs) that is so circuitous but i do always come back you do you can trust me right i go real far but i loop it like a boomerang you'll you'll come back thank you (laughs) i feel so seen by that That was the most succinct way and like clear way I've ever heard gossip and also helps Mm. validate the need of venting that I feel like Cass and I do, you know, all the time. But it it feels better to say because I would never recruit Cass to be on my side. You're already on my side. I know that. (laughs) But... You know, it that feels so much healthier to say it. Like if we're not recruiting people, you're just venting. 
You're just you're just venting, ugh, expelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, get it out. Get it out of your body, out of your nervous system. Mm-hmm. Right? right? We need it out. Absolutely. So back to your question, Cass, about talking to our friends about sex. If we assume good intention and we assume, right, that it's not about emotional recruitment or manipulation or control, it's really about connection or maybe getting an opinion or talking something out or orally processing, I don't see the problem when there is consent from the friend, right? When it's Mm -hmm. too – because that's the part that I think people often skip, the like – hey, I want to talk about something that's going on in my sex relationship and do you have space for that? Like, does that work for you? You up for that? You into it? Can we talk? Mm-hmm. Instead of just being like, oh my God, hi, so um, so-and-so and I were having sex last night and your buddy's like, what in the not ready for that? <laughs> not, didn't consent, not here for it. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> so I don't think it's a problem as long as the other person consents. And your intention is the mutual love and care in in that relationship and not being lousy to the person you are having sex mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Just don't my, be lousy. Yeah. Yeah. My concern around not having any conversation when it comes to the sexual relationships you have, the intimate relationships you have, and almost like talking, checking in with a friend about those is knowing if everything sounds good because I think sometimes we do get a little stuck and something like the red flags don't quite hit the Mm -hmm. same totally um and so for me it's you know not in my current relationship but overall a safety thing and a pleasure-based thing as well because especially the conversations that Emma and I have like there are so many times I've been like oh that could be better for me like that feel good for me. Maybe that shouldn't hurt for me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Reality testing is one of the most important parts of friendship, Mm. right? And particularly in a a society and a culture like the U.S. today, which is still based in so much weird puritanical garbage, right? Where like everyone's mostly naked on the like (laughs) interwebs, but we don't know about Right, like sex, like do you know what I mean? Where there's that that polarization of facts and uh, imagery, Mm -hmm. I think it is really important that we are having these conversations together. I mean, it's feminist, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's a core feminist ideal of of education and and co education and teaching one another, right? Like no. Penetration shouldn't hurt. Let's talk about that. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? Are you using enough lube? Could you have a yeast infection? Could you have some BV? Could, you know, like, whatever. Are you turned on enough? Like, how else are we going to normalize and learn mm. if not by talking with our friends? Mm. What if your partner feels uncomfortable with you sharing those things with friends? Yeah, I think that's a conversation to have to like see why, like what's the worry, what's the fear, um, can that be normalized, can that be soothed, is there a way to um, to find some kind of loving mutuality-based care that supports you in having the conversations you want slash need to and supports them in feeling more comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. And I – and. And if that 
if your partner's not open to those conversations, that would be, that would, that would get my little hackles up, mm-hmm. right? Like I'd, I'd get real curious about if that's someone who has the kind of emotional maturity that I am looking for in a sexual partner. Right. Right. Cause if you, I get, and listen, I think we've all been in those moments where we're like at a barbecue or a party with a, like one of our partners and their friends and they know what lingerie you were wearing last night. Right. It's that little moment of like, oh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know everything about my sex life because you're my person's BFF. Like, okay. (laughs) Right. But I only want sexual partners who have the emotional maturity to comfort themselves, support themselves, be confident. Right. Like to roll with it effectively, Mm -hmm. which doesn't mean not have feels, have all the feels, but like have the skills to process them and work with them, you know, instead of making it on me, instead of silencing me, how can you process that on your own? Mm. I feel like we just talked about that type of, gosh, Cass, I forget which topic we're talking about now, but when you, oh, porn, um, needing, Mm. like needing porn in your masturbation practice and being with someone who's uncomfortable with you watching it, you know, this sounds kind of like the same thing. It's like, I need to be with someone who, if we have these discomforts, we can have a conversation. And at the right. end, it's not taking anything away from what I need and my quality of living. Um, yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. I, I love having these conversations because it totally gives a different approach to how we deal with conflict to the point where mm. like, you don't ever have to compromise the things that you need. It can be a conversation of, well, how come you're not comfortable with this and like putting it, putting the agency back on the person who has the discomfort for them to work through their stuff rather than you having to sacrifice things that make you happy that you know are healthy. I love that you said that you know are healthy. Mm. Right. Cause that's where I was about to go of like, cause there can also be that knee jerk. Like this is just what's good for me. This is what I like. Mm -hmm. Just run a little check. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that true or is it just your whoopee? Is it your blankie? Is it the thing, right, that you're you're so used to having in the one way? Um, is it a way that you have created a sense of safety or control for yourself that may not serve you? Right. And just asking, again, intentionality. Asking these questions is the only way to know. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Did you have a question, Cass? <sighs> That was just beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> just really appreciated. <clears throat> so in this same yeah. way of needing friends and needing your group, do you feel like we need to have a strong group, a strong like pack to have a strong relationship and being able to be intimate with a partner? Do we also first need to know how to be intimate with our friends? That is that is such a beautiful question. I mean, I've, I haven't thought about it exactly that way. I love that, that friendship can be that learning ground for intimacy. And I know it, it has been for me, right. for sure. I have very emotionally, physically intimate, though generally not sexually intimate, but very physically intimate relationships with my friends. Mm-hmm right? We snuggle, we lie in hammocks together, we puppy pile a lot. (laughs) Like we're very 
tender and touchy and and we share deep 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 stuff um and i think it is a learning ground uh it's a way to build our window of capacity in our nervous system to feel safe with other people and that's what it's all about right that's what all the attachment stuff is all about is what do we need so we can feel safe being vulnerable being open um, being our true authentic selves, right? Which of course is an ever-changing, ever-growing thing. But to the best of our knowing of what that looks like for us, how can we create safety for ourselves? And what is it in another person that is most supportive of us feeling safe? Yeah. So again, so note there, while I'm not being ridiculous, I'm being very careful with my words. I didn't say what, how does another person make us feel safe? Right. right. But how is another, what are the characteristics of another person that are supportive of us creating felt safety within ourselves? Right. Does that, mm-hmm. yeah. Cause yeah. I know that yeah, I've, sense. I've never experienced, I mean, I, I know I'm older and as life you learn yourself more, but once my friendship started with Cass, I feel like I unlocked a different side of who I could be. And I know that I don't yeah. think I would have any, I don't think I'd be to the point of how I know myself now if I didn't have the friendships in my life that I do. Therefore, oh yeah, like the relationships that I've had since these friendships have changed, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think of all the conversations I have with my friends about our relationships and relationships past and our dreams for future relationships and, and that mirroring, the, the mirroring validation and questioning mm-hmm. are all invaluable because friends, you know, for me, a true intimate friendship isn't just about having like a yes woman right. who's like, you're amazing. Everything you do is great. Like that's cool, but challenge me mm-hmm. be like, Vic, I really, the way you're thinking about that, I really don't think that serves you. Are you available to hear about that? And those are the friendships that I have cultivated that have supported me, that have, you know, to your question, helped me to create more intimacy in romantic relationships and sexual relationships. Because being questioned is now something I see as a loving move for growth and not something problematic, not something I need to protect myself against, not like bad. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? Because when Marie calls and is like, okay, really, you just left me a voice note that you got annoyed with your partner because they have a face <laughs> and like, come on, girl, what's going on? Right. Right? Mm-hmm. It, it normalizes it in my heart. It makes it feel uh, safer for it physiologically, right, in my nervous system for someone to be like, Mm, I don't I don't know about that way you're thinking. Mm. I think that might be not so cute. Right. <laughs> On a scale of one to terrible right. idea, I'm going to rank that a not I'm cute. Not cute. <laughs> so maybe question it. Sorry, was that too science jargon? No. 
You know I have a degree in epidemiology. You know I kind of go hard nerd. I really feel like Sorry. you brought that one down to like our level. So that feels great. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry. I just one to terrible. It's not cute. <laughs> not cute. Not cute, which is statistically significant, yeah. right? With a p-value of 0. 0.00005. So just want to really clarify for the scientists listening. <laughs> Math. That's Math. the only ranking system I'll accept. Right. Now. Thank you. Thank <laughs> I love it. Evidence based and uh, funded by the NIH. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best system ever. Yeah. Cutting edge. Seriously. Cutting edge. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. funny. With, mm -hmm. I feel like the relationships I've had, one in particular I'm thinking of, where I just don't feel like the emotional intimacy was matching where I was, was that he didn't have friends to talk to Ooh, slash yeah. he chose not to open up and share mm. about that. Yeah. So I really do feel like maybe it's circumstantial from person to person, but in my experience, ha being with someone who doesn't know how to share to his closest circle mm -hmm. and covers up when we're having issues was extremely problematic in our relationship because then yeah. I got – sure dumped on and I got all the unfiltered thoughts and emotions. And it's like, he didn't have anyone to bounce it off of to be like, Hey, I think you're veering off. Yes. You're right here, but not there. It's like, that was really hard for me. I had yeah. to be the, the dumpster for all the thoughts. Right. God, I was just coaching someone on this just last week of this literal same situation mm -hmm. where their partner doesn't have a therapist, doesn't have like support groups or yeah doesn't really lean on their friends it puts an awful lot on your partner and I love what you said about unfiltered mm -hmm. right because our friends are the filter right like I was saying like thick not cute <laughs> right like you're being bonks right now like cut it out mm -hmm. right and and that is also the benefit of knowing people for a long time or developing really powerful intimacy because my girlfriends will say like you're being wrong you're wrong <laughs> like you're you're not thinking so goodly right now cut cut it out mm -hmm. right like check yourself in advance of wrecking yourself <laughs> to quote to the quote the <laughs> in advance of you know what i'm saying you know what i mean so yeah it's a it's a it's a not great move to put all of that on your partner it's not their job and like what is a quicker boner killer Mm -hmm. than being, right, the place where everything's dumped yeah. versus someone coming to you and being like, hey, so last night when you said X, I think I actually got like legit triggered in my nervous system. So I talked to my therapist and my best friend and my cousin and I journaled about it and I went outside and talked to a tree <laughs> about it. And here's the part that's on me. And I would appreciate it if like there was just this one word you used that like is really activating in my nervous system and I'm working, I'm doing somatic practices and I'm working to uh, soothe the inner child that gets activated by, by that word. But until... I'm in a different place with that. I'd appreciate if you didn't use that word. And I snapped at you and that was not cool. And I apologize. Mm -hmm. Damn, yeah. that's hot. Damn, that's hot. <laughs> so sexy. Come at me with mm -hmm. that. Keep your roses. I'll take the <laughs> chocolates. But that's hot. A very different version of myself goes to Emma 
mm. with the problem that I have versus then goes to my partner. Because Ooh. after I'm able to vent to Emma, I am different and I do yeah. see it differently and I feel better. Like I really mm. feel physically better. Yeah. So I'm able to come at it from such a different perspective. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that it, again makes math. It, it, it works makes out, the math. Right? Mm -hmm. It makes the math, yeah. it makes the science. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wait, are we going to talk about having sex with your friends? If you want to. Oh, yeah. everyone made made faces at that. I don't know. You said sex and friendships. I was like, are we going to talk about I actually, having sex with your friends? That would be friends? really fun. Yeah. Okay, great. Let's talk about it. What are I don't know where to start with that. So if you just want to dive right in. I mean, I think it is... I don't know. I mean, like, I'm queer. I've been out for... 30 year 31 years damn time that's a long time <laughs> um to do anything yeah. um <laughs> but uh i feel like in in some of my communities it's pretty normalized like it's just people just are very sex positive and very open and like date in within the community and but you know it's not just queerness like I went to Oberlin College back in the 90s and like also there were like 10 people on campus it's like an incredibly tiny school of weirdos um but I feel like we all had sex with each other and then we're all friends and it was like it generally wasn't a problem like it generally was pretty chill mm -hmm. um yeah I don't know what are y'all's experiences so Cass, if you had something to say, you can go first. But you I, I just, I've had sex with one friend, and I don't know. It felt like until he and I had sex, which this is going to sound affirming to a lot of people who say men and women can't be friends. I feel like there was always going to be like a sexual tension between us. Um, just specifically with that friend, I wouldn't say with all the male friends that I've had. But then we had sex. We're fine now. It's great. But if we right. still ran in the same circle, I don't think my like I don't think other relationships would be okay with it, which is why I haven't like tried to have sex. Also, I'm a very emotionally attached person. So I don't think I could have sex with someone and not have feelings for them and not want it to like bloom into a relationship. So that's why I've never like tried to mix friends and sex. It's it's multi-layered for me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Cass? I have not had a lot of sex. So I've only had two sexual partners. Um, mm. And I think for me, that came from a lot of insecurity around sex. And then I got into the relationship I'm in right now, um, which is currently monogamous, um, like six years ago when I was beginning college or like midway through college. Um, and so I feel like... I personally lost out, not my partner and I have talked about this. So lost out sounds kind of negative, but I don't mm. mean it with those same kind of context around okay. a lot of experimentation. Um, so the only other person that I'm not with that I have had sex with, um, we de it ended not great. And like, mm. I felt really sad that it ended. Mm -hmm. And so it just made me sad that I had had sex with this person that did not want me anymore. Um, and obviously, I worked through all of those feelings. Um, not obviously, maybe. <laughs> but the only thing that's coming up in my mind is, like, 
being able to be friends with somebody that you've been that intimate with who has then either said, I don't want that with you anymore, mm-hmm. or you have said, I don't want that with you anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you and I think that? that's the part that's tricky for my brain. Right. And I, for, like what's coming up for me is how the sexual part starts. Like what's that conversation like? Right. Like so when I've had sex with friends, it's the conversation starts with I love you and I care about our relationship and I'd, you're really hot and I'd love to have sex with you. Want to, friend? <laughs> right? Like it's very direct. It's very – upfront it's very like consent based not just in the like yes or no but in the like I want to be your friend and I want to take your pants off and that's what we're that's what I'm proposing we do is be friends who have sex and then are friends Uh the communication skills and the comfortability comfortability with sex um, that I feel like that takes, I feel like I am just getting to that point where I could even possibly start a conversation like that. And so I think before this point, that never would have felt like even an option to me. Sure. And Mm -hmm. I think for me, like it just is who, where, and when I came up, you know, Mm -hmm. like I came up around a bunch of queers who were very vocal and had amazing communication skills, a bunch of whom were therapists and who had done their therapy and were just really modeling very open sex positive. (laughs) My blinds just collapsed and fell off the wall, which is a very direct way of communicating that they are no longer interested in being blinds. Now they're interested in being a puddle on the floor, and I honor their choice. I wish it had been quieter. And now that there wasn't direct sun in my eyes, but that's it's fine. fine. That's it's fine. their choice. Thank you for your direct communication. But uh, anyway, yeah, no, I came up around people who were like, just talked this way and were just open about sex and sexuality and desire and passion and kink. And it just was so normalized. Um, I mean, starting at Oberlin, again, school for weirdos, um, we had a night, a school, it was like a a party thrown by the college called Safer Sex Night. This was in the 90s. It featured the tent of consent. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I I mean, it was the 90s, Uh right? And so you would go in and like practice asking for consent because it was such a new concept in the like social context right like people weren't talking about getting consent Mm -hmm. but so there was also a school the school ran an event called drag ball which was what it sounds like (laughs) fucking amazing (laughs) oh my god anyway so between that and and you know my san francisco brooklyn queer communities we just talk this way Mm -hmm. and i think that everyone can Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm right? With enough practice and skill and support and finding the weirdos who will normalize and support you mm-hmm. while it becomes less and less weird to just be direct. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible for two people who, like, if I find a friend of mine attractive, do you think it's possible for us to be platonic friends or will lingering attraction always play a role in the friendship, if that makes sense. 
Does it matter if it does? I guess what I'm thinking of is a specific example is like if my boyfriend has a female friend that he that like objectively she's beautiful, you know, like how and then more maybe this comes from more of an insecurity on the partner's part. This one. Um, yeah, like <laughs> Emma put her hand in the air, like she, like, she does do care. care. Um, is there ever going to be like something that the partner should be worried about? Or can two people exist who find each other attractive platonically? If someone's going to cheat, it doesn't matter if they're actually attracted to the other person. Mm. If someone's like, if someone wants to cheat, they're going to do it with yeah, Mr. Potato Head. You know, like it's you see, you see where I'm going. Right. Like, I don't think cheating's actually about attraction. It's about cheating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then with so, that is the argument of like men and women could never be friends because they're always going to want to have sex. That's some patriarchal <laughs> bullshit. That's so paternalistic uh-huh. to everyone. Because remember, the patriarchy hurts humans of all the right. genders, right? Mm-hmm. That's buy into that like men, boys will be boys. Men so can't true. control themselves. Mm-hmm. And women are temptresses and vixens, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like it's buying into so much bullshit that we don't need to to promote or even, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think humans who are, yeah, like, most of my friends are women. I have historically dated women and trans dudes, less historically, right? More in the last decade. But um, most of my friends are women, and I'm certainly not trying to get in their pants. Ew. <laughs> Those are my girls, <laughs> like yuckers. <laughs> also, most of my friends are pretty, and I don't date femmes because I'm the pretty one. <laughs> <clears throat> but anyway. <clears throat> I love that. <laughs> It's true. I haven't mentioned being a Leo in this episode, so I'm just going to say I'm Argentine and a Leo. So I'm the pretty one. I'm the pretty one. God damn it. No, I think people who are, let's all just be friends and just be direct and open. And listen, my friends are hot. Like, my friends are, are, are I, I don't know that objective truth exists, but let's go with it. My friends are objectively gorgeous and sexy and hot and, like, fit in the British sense. <laughs> I have been watching Ted Lasso. <laughs> right? <laughs> right fit, right actually. Fit. <laughs> right <laughs> fit. But, like, I don't want to have sex with them. They're my friends. But if I did want to have sex with them, we'd have a conversation and it would be cool if it was cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that feels more whole. <laughs> and that, right. that totally hit with the boys will be boys uh, jargon. Cause it does feel like that. Like something <sighs> feels off about saying yeah. that men and women can never be friends, but also right. like, where is that coming from? Is there any truth to it? You know? So saying it, that fits with the same patriarchal bullshit of you know not giving accountability to your actions and saying that like women's are just women are just vixen temptresses you know that makes that hits right <laughs> or are will be victimized mm-hmm. because we're not right you know mm-hmm. which is different than talking about rape culture in a real way it's like oh the damsel in distress and if there's a man around <laughs> 
right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah. That whole trope's roll tired. Let's give it a rest. Let's mm -hmm. Give it a little nighttime, a little, little bed with a little down comforter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very self-proclaimed alpha male energy. Ew, yeah. Uh, uh -huh. <laughs> Ugh. Like, I think that's who's saying right. it for the I most think part you're right. at this point. Right. And because I am who I am, the evidence base around wolves having an alpha male has actually been discredited. No way. Yeah. Check I love it out. that. Check out the wolf data because it's actually <laughs> really fascinating and um, it's not, you know, well, it's not what we've been led to believe about wolves. They have a much so, more complex social system. And is so it can now we. our duty to comment that every time we see an alpha male TikTok to yes. link that data? <laughs> yes. I think that is now our and our legally, communities. Morally, obligation. ethically, but legally, at, because you listen to the show, it is your legal mm -hmm. response. It is legally binding. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, legally binding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, you made me snort. Ah, good job. Oh, good job. Oh, my God. Oh, oh I'm happy Lord. that we wrapped up with <sighs> the idea of, like, sex in friendships and yeah. healthy and mm -hmm. answering questions mm -hmm. that are commonly circulated through society of, you know, sex and friends. So thank you for touching on that too. Um, My pleasure. I have one more little finisher um, question Yeah, that I hope gets us there. <laughs> um, That's what she said. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> You're welcome. And I meant it with Just, all of that. Yeah. <laughs> that is also regulated at least once per episode. <laughs> yeah. That's contractually, contractually in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you recommend making friends, finding friends, finding mm. the people that we can have these conversations and feel safe with yeah community events that's been the biggest thing for me is like go to the protest volunteer for the phone bank uh volunteer at the food pantry volunteer uh to support the unhoused um volunteer like get behind the causes that matter to you you're making a difference in the world that's some rock and karma and it's a great place to meet people whose values align with you um i've also made a lot of i'm i'm part of a meditation community in brooklyn that's a huge part of my world um so friends through there we we have i have connected with the people with whom i have similar politics similar world views right Go to where the people who are doing what you want your life to look like are. Mm. I'm not sure that fully Englished, but I think maybe the gestalt of it came uh -huh. across. Yeah. If you care about sport ball, go to sport ball bar. <laughs> I care not about sport ball. I do not to that bar goeth. <laughs> right? But a library fundraiser? Sign me the fuck up. I'm, I'm going to sponsor a table for that. <laughs> Right? Like, I am Absolutely there. juxtaposition of events. <laughs> Thank you. Which is not to say sports people aren't book people, but you I just keeping it generalized. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, honestly, like, what, so I moved upstate uh, in the pandemic, um, and it took a hot minute to meet people, mostly because, you know, I didn't leave the house. Mm -hmm. But once I started meeting people, saying to them, like, I don't have a lot of friends. So back to the vulnerability, right? I don't have a lot of friends up here and having 
IRL friendships and community really matters to me. Who do you know who might want to be my friend? And just like literally, so like when I started my podcast, every interview afterwards, I'd say, who do you know who might want to have me on their show? Mm. And so I just adapted that for friendship. Who do you know who might want to be my friend? Mm -hmm. And I've made so many friends that way because people are like, oh, wait, do you know Shannon? Oh, wait, do you know Margarita? Oh, wait, there's another Argentine in this small town. Mm. Do you know them? And I'm like, I do not. And they're like, oh, let me text you, like text the two of you. Mm -hmm. I so again, right, it takes nervous system regulation, right, to be in ventral vagal, the safe and social part of the nervous system, to have your own back, to like have that comfort. And if it's challenging to say it in person, get your new person's phone number and text it to them later, right? Because you can do that from under a comforter holding your blank, your, your, you know, your stuffed animal. And I'm, and I'm saying that with earnestness, like make a safe nest for your nervous system from which to be vulnerable and support yourself to actually do it mm -hmm. and like make it happen. And then the other thing is, God, I remember I dated this woman it's probably like 15, 20 years ago now, 15 years ago, but she was always complaining that our collective friends, because I met her in, a, in this, whatever, this place I used to volunteer, like she, she's always like, everyone reaches out to you more. I feel like you're friends with them more, but I've known them longer. And I was like, that's because I send them postcards. Mm -hmm. That's because I text them. That's because I call them. That's because I invite them over. That's because I send care packages. That's because I'm I'm participating, right? Like I mutuality and reciprocity. I don't just expect friends to magically come to me. I also don't like go overboard and put myself out wildly like I did back in the emotional outsourcing days, but I but I meet people energetically. Mm -hmm. I let them know that they matter to me. And then like the last two weeks I had the COVID every single day, Marie, Alessandra, Rob called, uh, Andrea, everyone, like every single day. Cause that's how we do, mm -hmm. right? When they need me, I'm there. When I need them, they're there. It's, yeah. That's beautiful. So show up. Right. It's really it nice. It's really nice. Yeah. It's really nice. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Yep, that got mm -hmm. me there. <laughs> that <Yeah>. got me there. <laughs> All right. Uh, where can our listeners continue connecting with you after this episode? Yeah, so you can follow me on the gram. I give good gram at Victoria Albina Wellness. My website is victoriaalbina.com. And if you head on over there to victoriaalbina.com slash honeydew me, you can download a suite of free meditations, nervous system guiding exercises, all sorts of delights for the low, low price of free 99, oh. <laughs> which is my favorite price ever. Um, and my podcast is called Feminist Wellness, and I run a six-month coaching breathwork somatics or body-based practices-based program uh, called Anchored. And you can learn more at victoriaalbina.com slash anchored uh, and can apply now. The next group is filling up really fast and it'd be so fun to fill it with honeydew mirrors. Wouldn't that be would so be really fun? fun. Uh, they would love it. A a dream. Goddamn delight. Goddamn delight. Goddamn delight. <laughs> yeah. So have sex with your friends is the moral of the story. If you can hold, if or you can hold space for have that, have friends with your sex. <laughs> have friends with your sex, like dip. It just kind of mm -hmm. sounds like we're explaining a side of a dish. 
We are. We sure are. <laughs> Thank you so much, Victoria, for coming back on the podcast. We love talking to you and love hearing all of your wisdomous insight on how we can better our lives. And thank you, our listeners, for hanging out. And if you want to thank us, head on over to Spotify or to Apple Podcasts to rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Do Me. It means so much to us. This is a great episode to share with someone, to share with a friend, to say thank you for being my friend. Here's how you improve my sex life. Let's keep this going. (laughs) Or if you want to have sex with a friend. So this is a great one to share. Yep. So do that. (laughs) Couldn't have said it better myself. So we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.